As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. wish I had learned this truth many years ago. Be thankful for the days, good and bad. All right, welcome to another episode of Warrior vs. Zombie. And as always, we have a interesting guest. And the good news is for you, I've got a guest I've already introduced to you before back in episode 20. So if you didn't hear that episode, I encourage you after hearing this to go back and hear a little bit more of Carl Flowers' story. But we're going to revisit with Carl and you'll understand why as we get into this. But let me remind you, for those that haven't joined Warrior vs. Zombie before, that success is a journey. It's not a destination. As warriors, we all have a history of ups and downs, wins and losses that are part of making us who we are up to this point and they provide a foundation for our path forward. We all battle our inner zombie as well as those zombies in our world. In each episode, I interview warriors who are aspiring leaders from all walks of life, entrepreneurs, artists, health practitioners, business owners, historians, and any inspired leader that has a story to tell. These warriors have a cause, unique value, and a vision that goes generations into the future and are warrior today, Carl Flowers. As you've heard before, if you heard it, his last episode uh, is a, a no exception. He's a true warrior. His journey of entertaining, educating audiences spanned the last 40 years. Uh, his business topics have included communications, productivity, supervision, and finance. But re his real avocation, and, and I would say passion, includes being an am he would say amateur, although I when I listen to his stories, he, he often knows more and uh, has more information than my history teachers in college or high school. But he considers himself an amateur historian, 
that is passionate about inspiring and educating American warriors about the leaders and events that led to our, our founding independence and just success of this country. He specializes in sharing the stories of people um, and consequences who really often are overlooked today beyond Beyond Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Franklin, Hamilton, Revere, Carl shares stories of ordinary citizens like the bookseller, a, fish, a fisherman, a woodsman, a frontiersman, Quaker, merchant, Southern planter, and doctor. Really, like I said, warriors from every walk of life, but it's cool because it's part of our history. So in this episode, I invited Carl back because I said, I want to explore with you and just uh, uh, especially into the as we go into the second segment and third segment, um, really where we are uh, today and how it kind of contrasts or in the context of the history that we've enjoyed as a nation. So Carl Flowers, welcome back to Warrior vs. Zombie. How are you doing today? Well, thank you very much, David. Uh, thank you for having me on. Thank you for inviting me back a second time. I am doing very well. Uh, in this second year of uh, COVID, and I hope we don't uh, start talking about it as a decade. But uh, <laughs> looks like looks like we're coming up on uh, two years pretty soon. So uh, I'm doing well, thank you. Well, and that's an interesting one to just throw out there as we tee up potential discussion. And by the way, this is just a discussion. So I know we've talked about some things, and I've you and I have, are are good friends now, and we've kind of shared perspectives as we've get, gotten into conversation, but I'm interested in, in hearing uh, your reaction to things as we go forward in the next segment and kind of how you've weathered the storm uh, with regard to COVID. But yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we've learned some things from our most recent history um, through the last year, the year that was, and the things that we've dealt with. And maybe we're not going to continue to make those mistakes as we move forward from here. And hopefully uh, those of us that are entrepreneurs and warriors and trying to move forward, I'm, I'm hoping in this episode, really, Carl, that, that we get to explore some of that and we get to think about that. And, and what I would hope that the warriors today take away is not only are they not the only ones walking on the journey that they're on, but many of the things and challenges that have been overcome in the past in our history to accomplish and create what we are blessed to have, which is this wonderful country, no matter how flawed it is, it's still the best country on the planet in my, in my vision. So I'm hoping that, you know, we get a chance to explore a little bit and you can teach me a little bit of something in our, and the warriors that are listening here a little bit of something about what our our founding fathers and even the people that maybe are less known that the warriors that aren't uh, in the headlines, uh, which is kind of like this podcast. We really are featuring warriors that maybe don't show up in the news or maybe aren't interviewed on mainstream media, but are on the journey and doing that. So, so how have you weathered the storm? Well, let's do this. I'm gonna take a really quick break. I know that was kind of a long introduction, but I wanna make sure we have enough time for our conversation. So we're gonna take a real quick break for those in the audio audience and hear a little bit of Ricky Jean Wright and come back. And then I'm gonna to talk to you about kind of like 
you mentioned the 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 COVID in the last year, and that's a you know episode twenty. That was twenty three episodes ago. Is almost getting on close to a year ago, where we we talked first and just kind of hear. We heard your story back then. So if somebody wants to hear how they, how you got to from where you started to to then, they can hear that. But kind of like anything in the last year that you've. Uh, wrestle with, and then we'll start into some of the conversation about some of the lessons, and then we'll take another break and so on. So sure, let's sure. let's let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Warrior versus Zombie and Carl Flowers. But the miles become the teacher, while the student learns real slow, traveling blind most of the time. Wherever you go It's not the getting there It's the journey Every day It's not a race to see All right, we're back. Quick break for those on the audio or the video and audio replay here in Live in the Hive. But Carl, so... Uh, over the last year since we talked and since we were sharing and some of the challenges we had with the Warriors here, how's your history been or uh, how's your story over the last year? Well, Anything interesting? Well, interesting, David. I've, uh, I've become good at, uh, you know, my vocation is trainer. Uh, so I was traveling uh, two to three days a week doing 80 to 100 um in-person uh, classroom training uh, on management, supervision, business writing, project management, time management, those type of things. Uh, so what I call mostly soft skills. Um, when COVID shut all that down, we jumped, we, the companies I uh, represent, uh, we jumped into online training. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm looking at, just looking at this year, it looks like I'll almost get to the 80 number. It looks like last year I did about 72, I think, in person, not live trainings online. And this year going to hit 75, 76, depending on how the end of the year goes and if the government doesn't shut down. But um, as I've gone through this year, I, of course you can't reach people. I don't think as well online as when you're in person. Uh, so I enjoy the in-person and I've just in November. Now it looks like we've got a two day session in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So I'll be traveling, but, but as I've looked at this, all the things that have happened in the last two years, watching how people respond and, and focus on my avocation, as you call it, my passion, history. Um, we don't learn from history. You know, in all my management classes, I always tell people, you have to allow people to make mistakes. You have to learn from your mistakes and move forward. And and hopefully when you go through training, you can learn from other people's mistakes so you don't make as many mistakes. Yet what I watch us doing in the public sector, in the public eye, is we continue to double down on failure. We continue to ignore successes or failures in the past and either repeat the same poor behaviors or fail to repeat the good behaviors. Uh, uh, look, we dealt with, uh, in the Revolutionary War, Washington uh, 
had everybody get vaccinated for smallpox. And in fact, the British Army had plans and were attempting to infect the American Continental Army with uh, blankets that were ridden with uh, smallpox uh, germs. And uh, there's some interesting stories of uh, letters written between John and Abigail Adams because Abigail Adams is trying to decide whether to have uh, her children vaccinated in Boston. And Joseph, Dr. Joseph Warren, the hero of Bunker Hill and, and of uh, April 19th, eight, April 19th, um, he, he was doing the vaccination. So we have had these things, yet we fail to learn from them. Um, it, it's just kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, I actually um, heard a zombie there. You just, um, I don't think you intended to communicate it, but uh, but one of the zombies you just, ex you expressed was your desire um, and your history of basically doing things in person. And I've heard that zombie um, stated in many of the conversations, especially with people like myself. I'm a full-on extrovert. I like to be in groups. I like to... Do sure. But it's all it isn't a zombie that we've had to overcome over the last year about communicating and doing as well and hopefully better over time with the virtual as well as we've done in the in-person and maybe the hybrid of the same. So it's interesting to me because I hear people say, well, it's not as good as and I say that myself. And I, over the last year, I'm beginning to change my, my self-talk as well as my external conversation with, yeah, it's not the way I was used to. And I've had to learn and do some things that I didn't have to overcome before challenges, zombies, if you will. Um, but it's more in my head because I come in, I did a, I did a talk to a group and everybody was in the room and you probably have done these yourself and I was the only one on Zoom in the, uh, yeah. in, as, as it evolved and that was right. very hard because getting the audience feedback getting that and knowing if I was communicating so it you know it's it, it the is technology the, yeah the technology helps but I think uh, sometimes we hide behind the technology for instance I, I even talk to people about just because it's easy to send a text message or an email, uh, if you have the ability and if it's news, there are certain news that you don't want to share an email. It's I can hide behind it. Oh, I got to tell David something. It's not good news for him. I'll just shoot him a text. No, I'd rather get on the phone at least and you can hear my tonal voice or look you in the eye, even though it's not quite the same on, on, on video as it is being person to person. Um, so I hope we don't, as, as a human race, avoid, we are social beings. And so I hope we don't, we learn to socialize uh, and not turn the cameras off or not uh, just do it through text. Uh, there are better ways to do it. Yeah. And that's actually, again, a learning, a warrior uh, observation from the last year that I think we all, the, the technologies available have evolved and continue to evolve. Imagine, and... imagine Paul Revere. Paul Revere says, <laughs> ah, "What do I need to ride to all those towns for? That's that's all night long. I'll just send them some text. I'll put it on Twitter. They'll get it. Yeah, they'll they'll get the message. Yeah, that's kind of why. Sometimes you got to do it. And here here's a here's a concept that I've I've taught for a long time. It's not a big deal 
unless you make it a big deal. So when you're promoting a product or a service or when you're promoting your business, you got to make it a big deal. If you don't, if you don't get excited about it, you don't get enthusiastic about it, you don't do it in a way that catches people's attention, then they don't think it's important. And, and um, sometimes just posting stuff on online isn't important. You have to, uh, you have to get in front of people or as I call it, get in their face in a nice way, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful learning. And in fact, um, again, over our warrior journey, uh, that we've all shared. We aren't necessarily in the same boat, but we're all in the same ocean. We're all dealing with the same uh, external challenges of, of varying degrees. Um, so it's it's brilliant when you think about the things that we've learned and the history that we need to take forward with us that is still relevant, as well as the new things we've learned in the most recent history to say, yeah, those are good and we need to carry those forward, but how do we mold uh, and not double down on stupid, but how do we mold the history and the things that have worked as well as the thing, no, realize that these things still don't work. Handling uh, bad news on a text is kind of a stupid thing to think about doing, but people do it. It's easy. And, but that's a thing, I think, you know, you and I are both baby boomers and as I look at um, mentoring the next generation of warriors, of brothers, of people that we try to do, is we need to take what they know and then help them understand that there's some old school logic. There's some stuff here that we've learned through history that we shouldn't forget so that they can, as we often say, stand on the shoulders of others and get higher than we got without having to learn the same thing. And, and the, thing, the thing is, the principles, David, still work. We Absolutely. Can't, we can't analyze history or historic figures in the context of current. We have to analyze the history in, in context of what they were doing, how they talked, what the words meant. When you read the words in the Declaration of Independence or in the Constitution, Sometimes those words had a different meaning. Uh, the sense of duty had a different meaning than it has today. Uh, when we start canceling history, when we start taking down, uh, look, before 911 in the 90s, the Taliban was taking over Afghanistan. They were destroying historic monuments. They were literally blowing up some fabulous historical carvings in the sides of mountains uh, because they didn't like the history. Yeah. Uh, I understand that, but you can't take that history in terms of this current. We're doing the same thing now. We're, we're tearing down statues. And, and it's not about whether that person was a good or bad person. In the context of where, what he was doing, maybe it was still a man of character. He saw the picture differently. Uh, when, you, when you erase history, when you cancel history, you leave a void. And in that void, it's possible for other people to put falsehoods or to rewrite history. We don't want to rewrite history. We want to look at it and learn from it. Um, All right. Well, that's actually an excellent place to take another quick break, because what I want to do is exactly what we've you started to do. And I knew this was going to happen. I knew as soon as we started talking about the the immediate history and these things, which are all in my mind, and I know in your mind with your historical perspective, 
that we get into. So the next segment, what we're going to do is uh, obviously you're very passionate. Obviously you add value and there's a vision of uh, transforming and, and continuing us on this journey of going forward. But let's come back. Let's take a real quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to hear a little more from Carl. We'll hear a little bit of Ricky Jean Wright and it's not the getting there. And what I want to explore is some of the things that you just started to touch on with a little more um, historical context, if you will, where you can share maybe some of the, the learnings um, about what we're doing so that when people, warriors listen to this, we can't just ignore it as entrepreneurs. I know people, this is a business warrior focused type of podcast, but the important thing is all these things are going around around us and the zombie mind can be activated by that and get in the way of our warrior journey if we're not careful. So I want to come take a quick break, come back with Carl and we're going to explore some of these things. We won't get into all of them. We may have to have another episode in the not too distant future to kind of explore some of the other things or there may be other things for us to deal with. But anyway, let's take a quick break. We'll be right it's back with Warrior vs. Zombie and Carl Flowers. How many people know your name One day you realize Time was worth more than the gold It's not the getting there When you get there you'll know Funny how wisdom All right, we are back. And Carl, um, the energy's up. I can feel it. And we're having fun already. And when we took the quick break, you kind of started into the whole thing about um, canceling history and some of the other things and and uh, that we're dealing with or have been dealing with in the last year. Uh, not bef- before that as well. And it's been dealt with throughout history in different in our country and others. So let's, let's start going. Tell me, um, you know, I've got some, you know, the whole cancel culture history was one that was on my list. Um, things about the whole in history around immigration, um, you name, you know, the whole, well, let's, let's start, let's start with the cancel just cause uh, okay. my passion, David, you know, is the revolutionary war, the war of independence. And, um, in five years now, come less than five years, we will celebrate the 250th anniversary of the uh, American independence. So 2026. And so in that time, I've in this five years coming up and after I'm dedicating uh, this next chapter of my life to spreading these stories, as you as you mentioned earlier, uh, I call them the untold stories of American independence. Um, uh, you can find them on Facebook, uh, uh, find me on Facebook or, uh, contact me. I'm speaking, I'm writing about them, uh, working on a blog, uh, or, or a podcast like you're doing here. Uh, g- take it to July 8th, uh, July 8th and 9th, July 9th, actually July 8th, Washington of 1776, George Washington's in New York city. They've already had Lexington Concord, the siege of Boston. We've kicked the British out of Boston. The, the British now are looking for a new city. They're going to come to New York City, the largest city in the colonies, and attack it. George Washington is defending. And finally, after a year of all this, the Congress 
agrees upon a declaration. We'll talk about that one in a second. But on July 9th, July 8th, Washington gets it. I can just see him getting tears in his eyes, uh, what he's been waiting for. On July 9th, he has it read to all the troops in the New York City, New Jersey, Long Island, all that whole area. Uh, and there's a celebration in New York City, and then this, it, and New York City in those days was just from, uh, let's say, Soho South or, or Greenwich Village South. That's all the city was. But there in the Village Green in front of the Customs House, there's this big statue of uh, uh, King George III. Uh, the colonists, the, the the patriots, the Americans, there were Tories in New York also, but the Americans, patriots, tear it down. They pull the statue down and they they end up breaking it into uh, pieces, melting it down, using it for bullets and cannonball. But George Washington that night writes in his diary, he said, gee, I wish we hadn't done that. That's not the respectful way. That's not how we're going to uh, continue this. He said, we should leave such things to the authorities. In other words, tearing down the statues doesn't, uh, doesn't help. It immediately helps the cause, but it doesn't help in the long run. Uh, by the way, today there's a statue of George Washington in London, England, uh, oddly enough, uh, because of his work in the French and Indian War. So, so my point being, again, we don't want to, we want to look at the people of history and look at what they did and what they said in the context of their times and why they did and said this. So you, so you have Thomas Jefferson, and by the way, Washington was a slaveholder. Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. Uh, slavery came to this country. So we hear a lot about this 1619 project right now. Uh, slavery, we need to understand, was a British institution. It was propagated by the British. They had, they had plantations in the islands. They used uh, Dutch sailors, and there were British ships who, uh, in fact, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace was a ship... Uh, um, uh, captain who realized his wrongs. So the British had this system and they were importing or using slave labor from Africa uh, in, in, uh, in the um, uh, Caribbean colonies. There were two colonies founded on the North American continent. There was Plymouth in Massachusetts and there was Jamestown. 1619 Project has crafted this story, this narrative, that they brought slaves to Jamestown. By the way, there's no slaves in Plymouth, Plymouth Rock, the pilgrims. Uh, secondly, the slaves arrived a year or two later with on some Dutch ships, and, and the colonists bought the slaves. But the, Brit the people of America, the people of the founders, knew it was a British institution. When Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence, there are 27 grievances, things they didn't like about the king. They were all against the king. They, they used him as the focal point. And these grievances included, uh, we, didn't, we don't get to elect our own officials. We don't get to pass our own laws. We don't get to choose our judges. They're putting soldiers in our house. We can't trade with other countries. So these, but there was one grievance. There's a 28th grievance that people don't talk about today uh, because it didn't get through the First Continental Congress. And this is the grievance. Thomas Jefferson said the king, he, he goes through, he has done this, he has done this, he has done this. The king has waged a cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the persons of a distant people. He's talking about slaves, people who never offended him. And he, the king has determined to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold. So he put right in the Declaration of Independence, 
this is one of the things we have against the king. Now, the problem was you couldn't get the declaration signed by Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. And the the colonists, the, the, the founders reconciled. They said, we first have to have a country. So when you read their writings, and I could go into much more detail, when you read all their writings, uh, they all wanted to end slavery. They just didn't know how. And they first had to establish a country. It took another 87 years to, to end uh, slavery with the, with the advent of the Civil War. Uh, but, but to say that we were founded or we, we, we were created as a slaveholding country, no. In fact, today, there are 80-some countries around the world that still support slavery, still do not declaim slavery. Uh, it, the slave trade is alive and active around the world, yet we refuse to acknowledge that. We tend to blame. Look, if this was a slavery racist country, why are all these people trying to come here? It doesn't make sense. It's not, it doesn't hold up to logic. Well, and uh, that's, that's fascinating. And for sure, uh, anybody listening to this podcast will know there's a whole lot more we could we you could you could share on that subject and background. But the, my takeaway from what you're saying here is we all have to recognize what you said in the beginning of this, which is we have to look at all of these things that we find either desirable or undesirable in a historical context, going back to the time that it was. And unfortunately, people who want to recraft not only cancel, but rewrite uh, history, uh, come in and they prey on even warriors who are ignorantly unaware of the history. And therefore, those kind of malevolent intent individuals, some of which are intentional, some of which are are naive um, or uninformed, are doing things in today's context that uh, don't that are taking us down a path that we never went down or taking us uh, a place where we can't learn. So let's let me ask it before I don't want to dwell on that. Uh, I want to cut hit a couple of other things and and we will, like I said, i'm I'm certain now just with this, we'll probably need to come back for some more episodes to talk about. Uh, one that's really, very much on my mind, and it's kind of a combination. You mentioned immigration, you mentioned our borders, but also the one about pull out of Afghanistan. And there is recent history going back to 9-11 and then the, the, the overlap and the things that we should be learning historically, uh, even in history that I participated in, but also history of our nation. What's your thoughts on all of that, the, the, the borders, the, you know, from a historical perspective. Well, when you, thanks for asking that question. Uh, I am an immigrant stock. Uh, my grandparents came through Ellis Island uh, in the early 1900s, 1906 and 1907, I believe. Um, I've toured Ellis Island and I've seen the quarantine room there, the, the quarantine uh, island, there's a separate little island attached to Ellis Island, where when, when you got tested for diseases, if you didn't pass muster, you either got put on a ship and sent back, or you went to quarantine. So I'm, I'm 
we're all pro-immigration. I don't know anyone that hates immigration. We know an immigration country, but we confuse in the media immigration and security. We need to keep our country safe. And, and we do that by, um, by testing, by allowing certain people in. We have very liberal immigration policies. As we deal with countries around the world, to get back to your other uh, question about Afghanistan, we need to realize that, that through history, you can go back to the first conflict between Americans and the Muslims was in the late uh, 1790s and the early 1800s between the, the administrations of John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. And the Barbary pirates, the Muslims in North Africa, were raiding ships. Most of the countries in Africa were paying off the pirates. They would pay tribute to the pirates and they would leave their ships alone. John Adams wanted to pay off the pirates. Thomas Jefferson said no. In fact, in Thomas Jefferson's administration, we built six ships. One of them was the USS Constellation. Another one was the USS Constitution, which became Old Ironsides in the War of 1812. Uh, those ships were built to protect American shipping in the Mediterranean against the pirates. Uh, and that's the first recorded conflict of, of our country in that, uh, in that battle. When Teddy Roosevelt's famous saying, you need to speak softly and carry a big stick. Uh, yes, we should negotiate. Yes, we should uh, do everything diplomatically possible to avoid bloodshed. But you have to back up your diplomacy with force, with might. We have an armed services uh, military presence in our country to defend our country. And the first thing the Constitution says is the government is supposed to protect the country. So when you look at the situation in Afghanistan, and now just in the last couple of days, we hear all the generals and uh, head of defense, Department of Defense, saying that they believed we should leave 2,500 to 3,500 people in Afghanistan. Why? Because we fight the terrorists there rather than here. So now we have no way of telling. Now, whether it's a good decision or not, I don't want to rehash it. It's done. It's a done deal. We're now going to live with the consequences and we'll figure something else out. Point being, you not only have to talk tough to people, you have to back up your talk with power. Um, and that, that to me is a key thing. A, a quick story of the, um, uh, which I one of my one of my presentations, uh, a gentleman named George Rogers Clark, who's called the conqueror of the Northwest. So during the revolution, the Northwest were the states of, of uh, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin. They weren't states. That was called the Northwest Territory. George Rogers Clark gets permission from the governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry. They were neighbors. Uh, he, he raises, he's supposed to raise an army of 500 people. He raises 175 guys. They go down the Ohio River. They're trying to protect the Kentucky settlements. They capture three British forts on the Mississippi, right across from St. Louis, Kaskaskia, Cahokia, and in the town of Vincennes. They capture these forts. But George Rogers Clark was known to, what the British were doing was arming and paying 
the local native tribes in Ohio and in those countries to attack the American settlements. And they were buying scalps. It was the, the Lieutenant Governor Hamilton in uh, Detroit was buying scalps. He was called ha Hamilton the hair buyer. And George Rogers Clark had a reputation of being a tough fighter. So when he's in Cahokia, Illinois, he crossed the river from Mississippi, from uh, St. Louis, you can see in the Springfield, um, uh, Springfield, Illinois capital, there's a huge 20-foot mural to George Rogers Clark. And it shows him meeting with individual every week, a different Indian tribe would come and he would hold out two belts, uh, an Indian belts, beaded belts. And he'd say, I have the white belt of peace or the red belt of war. You can choose either belt you want, but if you choose the red belt of war, come back tomorrow prepared to die. And all the chiefs said, we, no one ever talked to us like this. They all chose peace. And George Rice Clark is known as, as the peacemaker of the frontier uh, because, because he talked tough and he backed it up. He said himself in his diary, he said, I determined that it didn't do well to talk nice to them. You had to let them know. In effect, he said you had to talk tough. Uh, he, he, if he knew Teddy Roosevelt, he would have quoted Teddy Roosevelt. Well, one of the things is, and, and, and already we're, we're kind of running close to time. So there's a couple of conclusions here. One is you're definitely coming back. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to do another episode. The other conclusion I have is we need to work together. You need to, we need to get you a show, um, a regular show to, to focus on these various things, because I think there's so much that warriors can learn. The one thing I want to say is, we tend to look at these things that are happening in the world, if you will, as entrepreneurs and try not to be distracted by them. And we don't want to be distracted by them, but we want to understand when things are going the right way and how to protect ourselves. And when you really think about what you just said, whether it's Afghanistan and the U.S. and our position and what we're doing and walking softly and carrying a big stick, I think that's a, a very important lesson for all of us in our daily walk or journey is understanding that we have to be committed to certain things. We have to, you mentioned earlier, principles, fundamentals, those, we talked about those. And I think in our history, if we've learned anything, uh, whether we talk about a specific strategy or situation, we've learned that being kind, being loving, if you will, to make sure that people understand that we care about the well-being of the community as well as in, you know, our business. But then by the same token, weakness is never going to be or not being serious about your business or about the business of our nation is never going to be respected by those who are trying to take us out. So let's do this. David, let me another. give you just one, one final thought. Just so okay. well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, Hey, let me do this. Now I'm going to okay. let you, let you give me one final thought because I'm actually going to let you give me a couple. We're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and I want you, uh, I know there's a, many other things we could talk about, Carl, but I want you to give the warriors and those listening and enjoying this, this podcast, a few things that you'd like us to take away, if we take away anything 
from this discussion that you and I have had today. And then I want to also make sure that they know how to stay in touch with you. Um, I kind of know that, but I want the audience to know that as well. So let's take another quick break. Excellent. We will be right back with Carl Flowers and this energizing discussion on warrior versus zombie. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Funny how wisdom and youth are always two different games. The years flew by so fast is the common human complaint. The memories in our minds turn to diamonds in our soul. And by the grace of God, all right, we are back. And Carl, uh, I knew this was going to happen. I mean, I knew that I was going to get to the end and go, man, there's so much more. But you know, sometimes they say the best meeting or the best interaction is when the audience always wants to, they feel like they're they're left wanting for more. So you, when we ended the last segment, you were going to give me one last thought, but I'd like to invite you to give the audience any last thoughts about takeaways that you'd like us to get from this conversation you and I sure. had. So I, yeah, I don't I want to leave it on a positive note. I don't want to sound like some kind of a uh, um, radical neocon or anything. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned uh, talking kindly and working. Uh, look, the United States of America in 245 years of our history has been the most generous, most giving, the most freedom-loving country. And we have helped countries all over the world in World War I and World War II, uh, even back to the Spanish-American War, to free people and to give them new life. We have not been a colonial power. We never kept possessions for ourselves. Um, uh, we, as, as Colin Powell said, we just asked for land to bury our dead. Uh, so we we are the most generous country, both as corporately through our uh, aid programs and individually. Uh, people you and I know and millions of people in America give generously to foreign uh, charities all the time. Uh, we have a great system that was established 245 years ago, and it still works. The founders knew they would have to make some adjustments, so they set up a process of creating amendments. And uh, in, in the 245 years, if you take out the first 10 amendments, which were the Bill of Rights, there were 27 amendments totally. First 10 were kind of with the Constitution. They did those right away. Of the 17 other amendments, only two of them were about alcohol. 
So it was passed, it was repealed, and it was brought back again, you know, whatever. So there's only really 15 times we've amended the Constitution for very important things, for giving more people the right to vote, both minorities, both women. Uh, we have we have freed slavery. We have we had civil rights act. We continue to make things better. We continue to improve, and because it's a system that works, uh, so we need to keep focusing on it. Now, what can we do? Uh, first of all, if you're a praying person, John Hancock said, "I would that you pray and that you also act." And we have, as Edmund Burke said, uh, the, the British uh, uh, philosopher, Edmund Burke said, we have bad people in government because good people do nothing. And it is somewhat shocking that in a freedom-loving country, we get only about half the people out to vote. We need to be voting, uh, voting for people of conscience, people of character, uh, voting for people who support the Constitution as it is, because it still works. And we need to get involved. And the way you get involved is local government. Attend school board meetings. Attend your local Frisco, uh, McKinney, Little Elm, or wherever you live. Attend your, your town councils. Learn about local government and be active uh, in, in those things. And, and we'll have another 250 years for later generations, our children and our grandchildren, uh, to enjoy the, the freedoms and liberties that occurred no place else in the world but here. Uh, we were the first to, to create this system, and it's still working. So uh, I want to keep it there. Well, I love that, Carl, and I love uh, that perspective and those takeaways. And let me, let me try, you know, take that right into a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, I talk about small business owners, there's so many things happening on a corporate, as you call it, or a business or, or a country level. And we're so inundated if you make the mistake of being a consumer of mainstream media or any kind of media on a consistent basis that is like trying to keep you stressed and distracted uh, in whatever form. But the fundamental that you're talking about is that this country has been and will continue to be built on small business, local level, making Absolutely. sure that we are yeah. exercising our rights. These aren't uh, the rights of a party. These aren't the rights of an institution, although there are institutions like the church that has has rights that have been granted in our constitution. But subject for it, another, oh, another, another time. It does go back to the individual, right? And and I'm and I and I think the importance that you just emphasized there as entrepreneurs, as warriors, is we need to carve out a part of our ideal day. It's a journey, and we should be yeah. learning and improving every day individually in our businesses and in our country. And that's what the country and fundamentally is built on. And we need to be part of that by being part of what we can control. There's a lot of things we can't control. And if we focus on those, then it's a distraction. But there are things we can, we can be, be involved. Yes. We can be part of our community. And you know, that's a passion for me is building community and being part of the community and adding value to the community and having an impact. So Very that's nice. beautiful, Carl. I appreciate that. Tell the audience how we can stay in touch with Carl Flowers. Uh, best way is uh, my email is Carl with a C, Carl Speaks Truth at Gmail. Carl Speaks Truth at Gmail. 
I know that's a rather ostentatious statement, but I, I want to be held accountable to that. Uh, I do have a page. I have a Carl Speaks Truth page on, on Facebook and also an Untold Stories of American Independence on Facebook. Uh, uh, and also I have started a YouTube channel and then COVID kind of messed us up a little bit. So, we're, But there are some of my stories uh, already posted. And, and again, is the Untold Stories of American Independence. Uh, on YouTube. So, and, and there'll be more coming, uh, working on a book, working on uh, the podcast. So. That's awesome. There's a lot of different ways. And for those that are viewing this in the Be Connected community, Carl is in the Be Connected community, is, is just getting started. Um, we I'll be working with Carl. We'll be building and trying to figure out how to get uh, some of his content and this show out there to the community so you can also reach out to him on be connected if you're not if you're watching this podcast or this video on other platforms or listening to it on other platforms i uh, encourage you to go to beconnected.com that's b-e-e-k-o-n-n-e-c-t-e-d.com and you can use my vision warrior as a referral or carl flowers i believe is a as a referral and uh, be connected to any of us. And that's actually a, a new platform that will allow all of these kinds of conversations and all of this focus uh, from a business standpoint. So with that, let's hear the final segment of Ricky Jean Wright. It's not the getting there. And we'll be back again next Thursday with another episode at 11 a.m. Central Time of Warrior versus Zombie. It's not the getting there It's the journey every day It's not a race to see How many people know your name One day you realize Time was worth more than the gold It's not the getting there when you get there, you'll know One day you realize Time was worth more than the gold It's not the getting there When you get there, you'll know As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.